0: Underneath my right hand I made it out of tight jams Guns all on my nightstand My life should be on Viceland My fingertips to hold the marijuana aroma High school, I went to school high Still got my diploma He got riddled and left alone For some Skittles in Arizona Bible underneath my right hand I made it out of tight jams Alright, this is Uncreative Radio. I'm with House of Representatives, Mr. Bobby DeBose. Thanks for being here, my
1: man. Hey, Josh, thank you for having <laughs> me, man. I'm so
0: glad you stopped through.
1: I'm pretty excited, man. This is my first one. Yeah, the first. okay, it's a good podcast <laughs> to be on for your first
0: one. And, and just for people, like, just tell everyone your district, what you do, what you represent, and give them a little background. Because a lot of our audience, like, we're trying to educate people on just understanding politics beyond you know, uh, you know who you're who you're
1: voting for on the presidential election. So give them a little give a little okay. taste. Um, I'll do my best. Um, <laughs> politics can be a little tricky, but um, you know I'm Bobby DeBo, state representative for District 94. Hey um, hey 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 <laughs> hey hey, 94 man. Uh, District 94 uh, encompasses Greater Fort Lauderdale, um, Oakland Park, Wilton Manors, uh, Lauderdale, Hill, Lauderdale Lakes, and Plantation. Right on. And so. Uh, what what I do? So currently, I am the um, leader designate. Um, for the Florida House Mm -hmm. uh, representative, uh, Democrats, Mm -hmm. uh, co-leader there. And um, right now my charge is to – I'm in charge of House victory. And what that means is I'm responsible for uh, getting more Democrats elected in this current cycle. So throughout the state. I'm all over the state. Uh, Currently right now our numbers are there are 47 uh, Democrats. In the Florida House, and there's uh, 73 Republicans. So we, so we're,
0: so we're on the map. We're good. We just got some more work to do.
1: We got some work to do, but the good thing is, uh, there's so many things uh, prior to all the recent things that were in our favor. We flipped uh, a number of seats last cycle right uh, during the midterm, which is typically not the cycle that Democrats uh, right,
0: come out to. Right, 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 right. right. Like,
1: We wait for the presidential, yeah, then the, we ball out of control, man. Yeah. Right? Like, we, <laughs> we get it in. So, but we are able to flip seats. And, and And the good thing is, too, even in that cycle, um, the several seats that we didn't win, that my colleagues across the aisle sit in, um, I'll give you an example. i call these four like the low-hanging fruit. Okay. So I have colleagues that uh, sit in seats that they won, four of them collectively. The vote difference total is less than 1,100 votes. That's crazy. I mean, one in Palm that's Beach crazy. was 32 votes. I mean, so the like opportunity. your Instagram followers. Just, Instagram. I got on. more than 32. Come on, know, that's I mean. it. You could have, you could
0: <laughs> I'm going to, that 32 votes, the difference is that small.
1: Yeah. And so even in those seats, you know, we still won, you know, Nikki won. These are seats that, you know, Gillum won, Hillary yeah. won, Obama won. It's just a matter of getting folks to vote down the ballot.
0: Right, right, right on. What and now and now your focus obviously here, Broward County and all the surrounding areas, but you're also from here. We were just talking, like, what does it mean for
1: you to represent the place where you're actually from? Oh man, it means And the, you live here. I do live here. It means the world to me so you know i always tell people it's uh, the way i was raised my mom told me she always told me to whom much is given much is required Man. and sometimes you hear that and it's like oh that's nice to say but when that's something that you were taught as a kid and you get older so, you know, I was the first person in my family to uh, attend college. Mm-hmm. I went off to the uh, the University of Florida, go hey, Gators. Hey. <laughs> and um, I came back home Man, I wanted to do something bigger than self. Um, and when I said I came back home, I moved back to my community. Describe
0: and- that because, you know, people I, yeah, I'm from Miami. I came back to Miami. You actually like your actual blocks, your
1: area, your, you came back to your real community. I came back to the 33311 <laughs> and uh, I, I always say that with such pride because when you look at all these statistics and everyone's like what's wrong? What's going on? Yeah. And they say oh the 33311 when they talk about crime statistics, right, when they right. think about, you know, health statistics, like things they always put these negative connotations on things. And I tell people I'm From the 33311, and great things come out of 33311. And what that means for me, you know, listen, I share my story. My parents were um, teenage parents. Yeah. And we lived in the green apartments, as we call them. They were very small, you know, two bedroom, really small mm. apartments. And you know, it was my 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 grandma, my grandfather, my mom, oh, her go. two two <laughs> sisters, her two brothers, and then here comes you know, me. Right. As a kid. <laughs> right. And um, you know, and so for me, it you know, it was a journey that was full circle, and to come back to my community and really not only be a part of it, I feel like you know back in the day we used to send the talented 10th away and they mm. would come back and it was our resource that was our strength right and they came back to our community and that's why we had our own businesses our own movie theaters right. like all these things were around the 6 Street corridor right on. but when you know you leave your resources are going and so that's why i came back my wife and i we came back we got involved and so i literally live i would say about three blocks from the pl- first place i call home Granted, we came back, we built a nice house. You know, my friends, I remember we first moved in, (laughs) and we have a a, a four-bedroom, three-bath, three-full-bath. You know, our house kind of sits on two blocks. And they were like, wow, you know, you have this, um, you know, this Miramar-looking house. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, but I don't have a Miramar price tag. (laughs) You know, but it's very fulfilling, man. We still have that sense of community. And, you know, in the current climate, you know, I tell my, like, everything that happened yeah. with Ahmad, Aubrey, you know, folks are like, man, he was in a really nice neighborhood right. and look what happened.
0: Now you were talking about Ahmad because he was in a nice neighborhood and a lot of people think that, you know, how could this happen in a nice neighborhood? But I don't know. Sometimes it might be like you're more safer in the neighborhood where you're from.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you know, here's the reality. Um, because of the color of our skin, you know, that's a threat. Right. And so when you are in a quote-unquote nice neighborhood and folks are like, hey, I'm going to move there because, you know, the schools are better, safer. less crime and all these other things, okay, check, 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 that makes sense. But then you got to think, listen, you know, because of the color of my skin, right? those qualities don't necessarily apply to me. Right. I still have those same threats. So, you know, living back, moving back to my community, where the majority of the folks look like me and look like my kid. And so when something happens and they see something if something were to happen to my kid, it's very reflective of their own kid. And right. so there's this sense of community. There's right. this sense of, hey, you know, I saw Ethan or, you know, Jacob or Michael, Malik or right. you know, whatever the case may be. And so cause I lived, I prior to when my wife and I first got married, We lived in Coconut Creek, Mm. and so Coconut Creek's a nice place, and, you know, I used to tell my wife all the time, man, like, it was just weird. People, you know, really didn't speak, didn't really embrace, you know, but, you know, with with all the challenges that we currently have, because it's not perfect, Right. but there's always this sense of community like the people that live there like i know them and that's what i grew up in and you know i tell people when they say oh you know you grew up in this quote-unquote bad neighborhood i said i had an amazing childhood i have phenomenal memories like a lot of my friends that i grew up are doing great things i mean they're doing like really impressive things they own their own businesses you know one of my buddy owns uh He's a CPA. He owns his own accounting firm. You know, another one of my good friends who lives in the neighborhood, former Senator Chris Smith. I mean, you know, uh, school board member Dr. Osgood. We all live like right down from one another.
0: What does that say about the connotation that like you came from this tough neighborhood, so therefore you're probably not going to make it or your childhood was absolutely terrible? Like what? Why is that connotation there? And what does that what does that mean to overcome it?
1: I think a lot of that truly rides on ignorance right and you know and right. I, don't, I don't say it to slam anyone because i think we're all ignorant to something to some oh, stuff right Right. and so you know when you think about um really at the core of anything regardless if you live in a quote-unquote affluent neighborhood or a neighborhood that's not so great there's something that's fundamental you know what it is as parents, we love our kids and we want the best for our kids. Right. So we all want the same thing. Right. And what that means is making sure that they're safe, right, they're healthy and that, you know, they they they're happy. Right. And so I don't think that a certain neighborhood dictates that. Right. I mean, like I said, I had an amazing childhood. I have <laughs> phenomenal memories, man. And so, you know, I love my community. It's but for this community, off the six-trunk corridor, I truly believe you would not have representative Bobby DeBose. It is who I am. Right. It is the essence of who I am. I'm very proud of it. I plug into it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just think folks need to open up and realize right. that um, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily where you live. It's basically who you are and how you race. So I always refer to, I'll mm-hmm. say the black community. Mm-hmm. And whether you live here, i strong, or you live in Coral Springs. Right. To me, that's still the black community right, because right. there's a black experience. Right, in that, both those places, yeah. Yep, and that the world is starting to to see to and recognize and say, you know, like... You know, I have friends and, um, you know, my white friends, they call me and it's like, hey, Bobby, how you doing? And um, I said, not good. (laughs) 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 Serious, man. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. And they're just like, Bobby, you know, um, some of them like I've had friends call me crying. And I've been all over the place with this because I'm raising like four black boys. Right. And, you know, it's hard enough for me to maneuver. And I was taught to maneuver by my dad, my granddad, like, hey, this is what it is. But when you are responsible for other people's lives and guiding them and, you know, your kids, you know, it puts you in a different space. And so I was telling him and I told him, I said, I'm tired. I'm just I'm just tired tired of this. I can't. So one of my buddies. I'm good friends with, and uh, Jay, and he texted me, because the first rally we had, I went to the rally, okay, but I didn't do the march, okay. so I left the rally, and me and my boys went home, and so it was like three days of just, like, trimming trees, like, there was so much going on, I just wanted to do something, and I wanted to do something with them, yeah, Yeah. yeah. so, you know, after the rally, we had the stuff before a lot of things Mm -hmm. happened, and my phone was down for hours, because... Man, I'm climbing up in trees. Right, and right. So finally we're like eating. We're we're sitting in the garage because we are, you know, of course, all dirty and smelly and my wife doesn't necessarily want us in the right. house. <laughs> and so we and so I pick up my phone and everyone's like, hey, are you okay? And this said, So I'm talking to my buddy and um he says, Hey, you know, I said, Oh, I'm fine, so I could tell that now. And he's like, What's going on? I was like, Man, I'm just so sick of this crap. I, I like, I just you know, I'm sick of having to talk. Yeah. I'm sick of this, and I'm not all right. And and so, and my buddy, he's white too, and he says, um, so he says to me, he's like, you know, I know, I know. He goes, white people, <laughs> and I said, you know what? You got damn right.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was
1: just like, but, and I say that, in like, not in just, but it is really an issue that I feel that white people need to have a conversation with white people with white people because we've been having this conversation and when you look at the history how things have evolved in this country so i tell people let's go to civil rights right yeah and when the white freedom riders got on the bus there was a change because white america could see themselves right you know like oh my god you know, they're doing this stuff because when it's just black people, it's like, it's like oh, mm. man, why are they doing that right. to them or whatever? But when they see kids yeah. or people who look like their family members, we had to change. I mean, you think about NAACP, people say, oh, National Association for the Advancement of Black People. Well, there were white people who started the NAACP, right. you know, probably that Niagara movement. So, and I tell people, think about the war on drugs. Right. I mean, when they were talking to war on drugs, that was black that people. Was black black people. people had a problem. Yep. They need to clean up their communities. Right. And, I, doing it, I, and I lived no in that community. And, and, you know, who brought those drugs in the community? Right. They were not people right. that look like me. And it was funny because you would see these nice cars and right. white people coming to the drugs. So then we have this opioid And now here epidemic. it is. Because it has a white face. Oh, my God. So it's, even in the state budget, we're putting, like, tens mm-hmm. of millions of dollars because right. the face is different. And, and all t- of a
0: sudden sudden it's a it's a mental illness, there's is sick, we need to treat them. It's not just like, hey, say no to drugs. Like, come on, what happened?
1: Exactly. You know, what's the matter with you guys? And so even like I take this pandemic. When it first started, it was just like, oh my God, you know, people are dying. Yeah. Let's stop. Yeah. Stop the world. Yeah. And then when it started coming out, like, well, these people are black and brown. Right. Like, hey, we got to get the economy it's like we're good. going. We got to start. You know, I know we people dying, but, it's, but I mean, and it's, so <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, this is just Real just talk. calling what it is, man. Do you do you,
0: and t- tell and t- you talked about your kids? You but you didn't you didn't give everyone the span. You you, and I want to just hear your, your, you have the entire youth at your house. You've got <laughs> 20s all the way down to babies. Like, tell me, what do you feel like, just walk me through the six-year-old and what, the, what, the, what are these generations, what are they like to
1: deal with as a parent? Oh, man. So um, Jacob's six, and I always tell people, Jacob gives me life. You just <laughs> got to meet Jacob. Jacob's like, he's just amazing. He's, I love Jacob, big personality. He's just all over it. Um, and then there's Ethan, and Ethan is 15. He'll be 16 tomorrow. He's my uh, Juneteenth baby. Hey, uh, hey, man, Juneteenth. Hey, yeah, yeah. Needs to be a people, national people, holiday people everywhere. Ju-
0: people just finding out about that. Like, I thought no. Your very-
1: president said, uh, <laughs> Hey, hey. <laughs> I don't. Ooh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I here I get to say, you know, your are president yeah. <laughs> at home. My wife won't even let that happen. No, nah. All I can if we reference him, we just say 45. 45. That's, That's pretty good. That's it. That's yeah. it. Um
0: Jordan wouldn't like that. Somewhere yeah. Jordan's rolling in his grave a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, so Ethan, Ethan's uh he'll be 16, and then there's um Michael and twenty one, Malik will be twenty. Good God. On Father's Day. Okay. So but the thing is, I mean, they're also different. And then there's Bree, but she's off to college. She's the oldest. She okay. just graduated. Okay. She's you know kind of her own thing. She's, okay. She's grown, and I remember <laughs> I did that like I, I like you know like you don't come home as much. You don't call. Yeah. And I'm in my feelings, but yeah. <laughs> you know, people Yo, remind me. Uh, what were you doing? Uh, Bree, you need to. <laughs>
0: so if you could hear this, you might want to send a text over. <laughs>
1: She's coming home, though. She's she's coming home. Uh, So I'm kind of excited, but I doubt she'll have time for us. What's the
0: difference of the generations? Like, is is Jacob more receptive because of his age? Do you feel like Malik, they listen better? Like, How do they respond to the climate that today is in? How do you parent them differently?
1: You know, know, and it's so crazy because, you know, someone gave me this advice, and so I'm going to pass it on. Um, All your kids are different. Mm. and you got to know your kids right so you can't come in like with this universal like, approach this is what i'm gonna do right right right. Right, you know and so it's like jacob he's he's daddy's still great mm. um i think um i'm still in I- i'm still sort of in a uh, superhero stage yeah. i would say you go through like right. you're invincible 100%. daddy does everything he's the best and then you know get a little older especially around You know Fifth grade Middle school You become You're still cool But you're more like A rock star Because you're flawed You're a human being (laughs) Yeah And then You know Like eighth grade Like you know You're this unicorn With this thing In the middle of your head And they just Don't understand you (laughs) So you know I do it And then Michael So Michael is 21 And he's like He's back He's like He's my dude I mean You know I enjoy talking to him but leaks kind of getting there, so you know they do come back. You, you feel good. like they don't because you have like all of this. Right, Jacob still he'll he'll give me hugs. Um, he cut me off with kisses. Only mommy gets kisses, <laughs> that's but that's fine. Do
0: you do? You, and how do you talk to them about? Are they? They've seen you know Trayvon and everyone since then. They've seen that on every Instagram. Every do you find? A, do you think it's weird that like the, the talk that your parents and your aunts gave you about what to wear, what not to wear, what side of the streets to walk on and how to talk to police officers. Do you find it weird that you're giving, are you having those conversations now? Is that
1: weird for you? What's going on there? So um, I feel like I've had the conversation a million times because every time one of these incidents happens, you have the conversation. Right. Um, and I haven't had the conversation with Jacob. He's hmm. still in his innocence. Right. At six. Right. And so when we talk about that, let's just put that in context. So Jacob is six. When well, he's out, Everyone loves him. Right. He's so cute. Yeah. White people love him. Yeah. White women. Right. Oh, my God. They want to touch him. Right. They, you know, he's so cute. Everything's so cute. And I was thinking about that. And, and, and here's where I'm going to give you, you know, two um, distinct examples and something just happened. So when my kids, my boys, my black boys are young, mm-hmm. they're cute. Right. Yes. Like, everyone. People love them. Right. you know white like women are always coming towards them yeah you know saying things the other day we were i told you we were trimming the trees so i had to like rent one of those really super tall ladders yeah and i take it back to um home depot so i'm in the car we take it back michael's in the car with me i'm on the phone and i'm talking to someone and he says hey hey, hey. that lady just left her bag in the cart he mm. said should i go and try and get her to-? and i'm like yeah, yeah go ahead and so as i'm talking he gets out he goes out and then i'm like oh shit i'm like yeah. what if she's white right and i say hey i gotta call you back i jump out just to right. this is people think like oh why are you making a big deal but these are the things that, that could i be run through my mind you know i don't want him to have any type of so he's kind of wrapping up and i go and i say hey you know what happened he said, well, that's it. And I could tell he was kind of, and I said, when you went over there, she she was scared of you, yeah, right? He's like, yeah, you know, but finally she wrote down the window and I told her. And she said, thank you. He said, but you know what? He said, she goes and she gets her bag and she looks in her bag and she look at me, look, looking at me like I stole something, yeah. like took something out of her bag. Hmm. And I was like, that's really unfortunate because you were just being a good Samaritan. Hmm. You were just going to help her out. Hmm. So I have my two kids one that's 6 loving to death want to hug him one right. you know whatever one that's 21 I'm scared of him exactly what is that
0: what is that what 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 is where what is that that you, you know she's in her car you're knocking on it, and she's just scared out of her mind what, what what is that that has just been ingrained in like the body you know I, of America
1: yeah i mean Amer- america has yet to deal with its Racism is implicit bias. I mean institutional racism. I mean it's there. And and here's the thing, because America has painted this picture, right? Mm. When it comes to right black men. Right. And it has everything to do with the color of our skin. Right. I don't care how successful you are. I don't care how much money you have. Uh, Whatever the case may be, there's always been this fear and our judicial system has justified it. Yeah. Right. Right. So someone can just be just I'm being right. And if someone feels threatened. That's it. And I lose my life. They're going to justify it because they're going to say, you know what? I was afraid. Right. Look what happened in Central Park. Yeah. The bird Ours, My wife says Seneca Village oh, because boy. that, <laughs> right? you know, okay. Less, okay. I mean, the okay. irony there, yeah. you That's know, she's afraid if anyone should be leaving, right. it should be her. That was a black settlement. 100%. <laughs> right. That's so ironic. <laughs> so, so here we, and it's things like that, that have become, and you know, if people say, you know what? I have biases. I, you know, there are certain things and then you deal with them. But to say, and she's the, the, after all of that on video, she's like, I'm not racist.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. What is it about Jay? Like Jay can, Jay seems like your friend, Jay seems like, Hey, I get where you are. I'm checking to see where you are. I can understand that this doesn't even make sense. Let me check in on my friend. Like what's going on with white people. This is ridiculous. What's going on with Jay. And how's Jay different from, from this lady who's just like calling the police, like, you know, making herself sound crazy like she's being attacked by this African American. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, why are, what, how, like, some people are, some people get it. They're out, some white people are out there protesting, they're doing their thing, you know, Black Lives Matter, the whole nine yards. And some of them are just like, you know, literally like, oh, you know, well, you know, it, well, Trayvon, he stole something, you know, six, uh, six years ago.
1: Well, he smoked marijuana. And uh, right. he, it's like, right. uh, you know, like the people that are saying that are perfect. Right, sure. You know, none of that justifies taking someone's life. Of course. Um, you know, that's the first time someone asked me that question, but I I don't know if it has more to do with he and I, our interaction. Yeah. Because I'll, I'll tell him that. Like, if I feel like he's getting out of line. Like, hey, hey, you know, hey. I'll hey. be like, yeah. if he does something, I'm like. You'll check, check. it. I'll be like, white people. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: How does he respond to that? He's just like, yeah. He's just right. like, all right. Yeah.
1: Like, all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, um, and it's nothing that I've really thought about. It's just this, our relationship. And I think that, you know, folks have gotten like, I. so I had a friend from college um, reach out to me and she was just like, Bobby, you know, I, I hate you're going through this. Mm-hmm. Like I have friends who call me, white friends, who yeah. call me like crying. Yeah. And, like, I'm like, I don't need you to just feel that way about Bobby. You got to understand what How I'm dealing with, my kids deal with, yeah. and other black people deal with. And she was just like, I, what, what can I do to help? What can I, you know? What do you when, think people could do?
0: What do well, you think white people could do to help?
1: Well, they need to stop being silent because mm. their silence is killing us. Yeah. You know, and I tell people, listen, folks know, and my white friends know who. Which one of their friends or family members are racist? right, okay? yeah, you know you just so know. I, I tell people, and I figured this out, you know, I've pretty much have attended predominantly white schools, and I've had friends and my white friends, and it, it's not as a code, but and you may experience when I give you this example, say I say, "Hey, you know Fred, mm-hmm. Fred's some white guy mm-hmm. and he's my white friend you know, Tim's friend. Yeah. So, Tim and I are really good friends. Yeah. Fred and Tim are good friends mm-hmm. and Fred and Tim grew up together.
0: Got it. So, they got that bond.
1: So, Fred, so, Fred comes around, I meet Fred. So, I say, you know, we're hanging out and I, say, I tell Tim, I'm like, hey, I like Fred. Fred's cool. Yeah. And Tim, you know what Tim tells me? Fred's an asshole. <laughs> right,
0: right, right. <laughs> and right, then,
1: right. I'm like, No, 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 Fred's cool. He's like, Bobby. No, I'm telling you. He's an asshole. I go, no, man, I've been hanging out with Fred. And he's like, Tim's like, Bobby, Fred's a racist. Right. Like, they almost would tell you. If you've ever had friends, they would just just kind of divert you away, but they wouldn't say. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't say. They would just be like, he's an asshole.
0: It's just stuff that they know that they've heard those conversations between Fred right. and Tim but
1: they don't say anything no that's you cuz that's right. their friend right and they grew up with them and they're just like uh oh, he's you know uh, like so hmm. they're cool to hang out with him right but you know they that's don't so want you to hang out with him
0: so interesting
1: <laughs> yeah i mean now you're probably thinking yeah, of examples I, yeah. <laughs> in your head where your your friends 100%. your white friends have tried to like tried to stiff arm you from from like, certain friends right 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 but my thing is you know you they like they got to stop doing that and go right. and have that conversation. Yeah, yeah.
0: Don't just block me from Fred. You need to go talk to Fred.
1: Right. You need to go talk to right. him. You know, because Fred's actions and beliefs could end up being deadly. Do you, and you okay? You're and you're going through all this, and
0: you can. But you're in the thick of it. You're in Tallahassee. You were just in Tampa. You know, all these people. You're that are you're, you, you see everything. And you're. What do you think it is about? Uh, you know, uh, people uh, this generation, my generation, younger than my generation, not voting, not really interested. They're all they're all on the protest, They're on social media. They black out Tuesday. We're on it. What, you know, we're, we're here. We're, we're reposting. We can repost real good. What do you think it is about voting? Like, where are we? Like, wh- how are we going to move transition from this to November? And is it going to transition? Do you think it's going to fall off? And w- and what does it look like, you know, in
1: Tallahassee, what you see? So um, how I feel is that what's going on has to continue for more than 365 days. Right. Because, you know, we've seen where we've had, you know, uproar and people trying to make changes. And then,
0: you know, yeah. it kind of dies down. down. Right, right. Back to but normal.
1: Um, you know, I'm hopeful that that's not the case because it's continuous. Um, you know, major companies are coming out. So, what's that for, about?
0: What's that about? The companies that are, you know, well, Netflix and everybody. What What do you think about that?
1: So, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the dollar. I yes. mean, let's be real. And regardless of what, I mean, black folks spend money 100%. The black dollar is powerful. Right. And so folks are looking at this. And so not only is it just not only is it black folks, but, you know, the first protest I went, you know, for a lot, I looked around. I was like, man, there are more white people here than black people. Wow. But that's good.
0: Yeah, that's a good thing.
1: And I think also it has been one of those things where I think even people who would see these things and say they were wrong. And they were silent and they were given a pass. But because the pressure is on and we're like, look, you got to do something about this because this isn't a black problem. This ain't black people. Black people ain't hanging black people. Black people ain't shooting black people. Black people ain't giving black people the look. And when I say (laughs) black people are not shooting black people, I just want to be clear. When we when we look at these egregious acts where people when police brutality, you know, it's. Typically coming at the hands of white yeah. police officers, well, no, and then yeah. using or not not always police officers, right? Because Trayvon Martin, well, I sure. guess he was sure. Keystone cop. Sure, but no uh, black cinema. no
0: black person ever shot a black person because the color of their skin, ever. Right, you and know? it
1: wasn't like I was afraid of this black person sure, sure. type deal. Right, so you know I think that we need to make sure that we keep like the pressure on. Hmm. And we keep moving forward because, you know, like major companies are saying Black Lives Matter. Right. That's the crazy and thing. Remember, hey, but
0: it was what it was a little bit ago. Like <laughs> I had a Black Lives Matter shirt, but that was year five years ago or something, you know, and that was like a very controversial thing.
1: Yeah. And now people are like, you know what? Black lives do matter because I think they get it. You know, it was always this diversion. Well, if black lives matter, all lives right, matter. Right, right. Well, the sum of the whole, right? Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) And it never said only black lives matter. Of course. It said black lives matter. Just matter. They matter too. Yeah, just matter. And so now you have all of this and people are recognizing. And so, you know, we're in a space that I feel very hopeful, Hmm. but I'm also mindful of the history of this country. Right. And so, you know, I feel like we gotta keep that fire, that pit, and you know, and We gotta keep pushing. We gotta keep moving forward, and so that means voting. Yeah, you know, the power in the vote. We've seen it. You know, we we know what the power of the vote does. The power of the vote got us the first black president. Right, hundred percent. The power of the vote needs to make sure that it's not the only black president right and the power of the vote means not only do we vote at the top we vote up and down the ballot right you know so i'm responsible for house um democrats in the house and those seats and a lot of those seats folks fell off they didn't vote down right but you got to understand all of this um it it, it comes together so when we look at you know who's who's going to be our public defender our state attorney and those folks in in Broward County especially Broward County especially being a minority majority majority minority especially in the primary like Broward's like the it's blue blue Broward is what I call it right and so you know you have all these folks who are running these folks who look like you and I like are the folks who are elected and our diversity is not there. Even when you look at our, you know, judicial bench. I mean, we don't, right. we, if for us to right. <laughs> make up the percentage that we have and, you know, we barely right. have a dozen judges, Right. that's crazy that and crazy. We're, we are learning that there are people who are in you know the judicious judicials, the police you know even in the medical field we're 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 focusing in um um the police departments and police brutality but this issue that black folks are dealing with is much larger than that yeah you know there are you know people think that they're just only You know, maybe racist folks that are police officers. Well, there are racist folks that are uh, doctors and nurses and EMTs and uh, bankers and lawyers and, and, and stuff like that. So we have, like, danced and not wanted to deal with racism but we got to deal with it. And, 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 and the way that we deal with this is having the hard conversations and white folks got to have this conversation with white folks. But we also have to keep moving forward with what we have to do. We have to make sure that we elect folks who look like us, who represent our issues so that we have a voice at the table. I mean, disproportionately, we're affected in so many fields because we don't have proper representation. And And the way to get the proper representation is to get out and vote and make sure that we have people who can really stand in the gap, who understand what it's like being black in America. It's hard as hell being black in America. It's hard as hell hell right. being a black man in america <laughs> it's hard as hell being a black man raising black men Ooh. in america Ooh. hit it what do
0: you do you feel like your kids respond to what's the what do they when you have these conversations with them do they respond like you did when it was told to you like what's their general response to what they're seeing around the nation
1: um so they see more than i saw yeah. Because of social media. Of course. They're constantly bringing things. To they're me, like sending me things. You, right. And have you said, I'm like, man, I haven't seen this. And so they have, I think, a broader um, reach. Yeah. So they have more information and they really get engaged in, 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 in what's going on. They understand their, their space. Mm. They understand what they're dealing with. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they are, they are, they're woke. Yeah, yeah. But what saddens me is that they still, it's almost living with a ghost of the past. Yeah. You know, I feel like each generation should be better right. than the one before. Right. But why is it that my kids are dealing with and have the burden that America puts on right. black men, the same thing that their great-grandfather right. had to deal with. Right. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. And so, you know, but I you know, I have to teach them. I have to equip them. I have to teach them how to survive in America. And th- there are things that, you know, go beyond just my hopes and dreams right. and aspirations for my kids. I have to tell hmm. them, listen, man, when you encounter police, I have to talk to them in such a way that, I need to teach them right. to survive, to come to home survive. and tell the story so that we can then do something about it. But that's hard, right? Because you're a man and you want to raise your right. your sons right. to be men. Right. But you're almost teaching them that I need you to put the and, manhood yeah, thing down. aside. Right. So, and you, so you can so survive. You got to be in and this then, docile mode. Right. Right. But who that's it. Who's who wants to raise their son, you know, you like want that, to right. be you know, a man like I was raised. A little old school to be a provider and those sure, certain things. Sure. But those those tools that I, you know, I use them to this day. And mm. so it's 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 challenging in that sense and you tell them, "Hey, go out and do and be whatever you want to be." Like my kids, they grew up seeing a black president.
0: Right. Yeah. That is very, right. That's powerful. You know,
1: powerful. And I told them, like, but then I got to teach them, hey, listen, don't go out there doing what your white friends do. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. be doing what the white boys do. Right. Cause it's not the same. It's, the same, it's not the same. The rules same. are different. The rules and I are different need them to understand that. I, I was telling people, like, I remember when I after I graduated from college, and I was home, and, you know, we were hanging out, and um, I was with some of my white friends, and you know we're drinking we're, you know, yeah. we're young and so we had this encounter with the police came up and um you know of course me everything i was taught is running through my right, head right in the proper posture like right you know i'm no Eye longer like and, right, right and man. they are like yelling at the police and cursing at the police and i'm like dude, my heart is beating just like right and i'm like st- like please. what are you doing please don't don't do that right and they're like no this isn't right and i'm like Like in my mind. I'm like, please do not do even though you're doing that all in my mind. I'm thinking this is going to go wrong and it's going to
0: be me. me. Yep. That is wild. And that's and that's been happening, you know, since, you know, just since black people have been here till now. It's something that you've dealt with. Your sons are dealing with. And I think it's interesting as we as we move to November, you know, something that I would love to for people to understand is just like just for you, like you're a com- voting community base and you're up for a election too. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? What does that mean for people to vote like for your community top down? Like, yes, we're going to try to figure out. Uh, yes, we're going to try to v- v- Biden versus 45. But um, the, then it's, we'll, it's, we'll say that guy. Yeah. But that guy. <laughs> But like you have the you have judges, you have you yes. know, your state representatives or city commissioners. And how do you get people to start to like just realize that like your community, those decisions that affecting your community to be represented by your community also matters as much as it does, you
1: know, on the on the federal level? Well, you know, I mean, in so many ways. Um and I'm a little biased because I started on local government, I feel that it matters more right, right. on the local level sure. because those decisions are gonna touch you right away. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was on the commission and we made decision where we we're gonna pave roads. Right. Like if right. we you know, we got a finite amount of money where we're gonna put new playground equipment. I'm just kinda simplifying it. Right. But those are things we made decisions, they impact immediately. So you know, I use the analogy like this. Um You know, we I can have a bucket of water Hmm. and I'm on a plane in the clouds and I just dump it. Well, you know, it gets caught up in the system and I may dump it, you know, in in Tallahassee. It may rain in, you know, Fort Lauderdale. Heck, it may rain in Alabama, right. you know, what I've contributed to this system. And so when you think of the federal, you know, that's, you know, it has to go down. Right. A lot of times things make it that way. I mean, Florida's like a donor state. Right. The, the state level, a little bit more, but still kind of the same, you know, concept. Um, and then I say local, it's like you walking through that door and I dump a bucket of water. All of it's on you. Right. You're going to get drenched. Right. And that's the type of effect that local government have so you know we always talk about vote down because of the ballot runs but i mean truthfully we just need to start from the bottom and vote and up vote up right and that's you know because hmm. people are going to go when they go to vote during the president's they're going to vote for the President. Right, right. So right. some people like, I voted for the president. I'm good. I'm good. I did it. But if I got you traveling up and you trying to get where you're going, right, you're going to get to your destination. For sure. But we got to get people to vote. I mean, this, this cycle is so important. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of things that we, we've been talking about and that we're dealing with now are nothing new. I mean, yeah. these are things that, you know, Democrats have been talking about. And because of the climate, you know, Republicans are listening. You know, the state of Florida, we're dealing with this unemployment right. issue, a lot of issues that we deal with health care. You know, I think the health disparities are contributing to 100%. why you find more folks uh, of color dealing with this COVID. Right. Right. These are things we've been talking about, but we got to get folks to vote. Hmm. We need people to vote down the ballot. And then you, when you have the numbers, then you can do those things that are important to us. We can talk about healthcare, we can talk about, you know, um, gun violence, and right, all these different things and dealing with, you know, um, criminal justice reform, you know, this past session, we had these bills up, I had one bill. It was wrong for incarceration compensation bill I've been working on. It's clean hands provisions. That's only in the state of Florida. So hmm. basically what that says is, you know, if I arrest you for 10 years for something you didn't do and I find out that, you know, the state was wrong. Yeah. But say you had a prior conviction. We had this one guy like William Dillon. He was kind of the poster child. He got caught up in that. But because he had a prior conviction, uh, co- conviction with a uh, quaalude, he didn't qualify hmm. to be compensated, right? Hmm. So, so it's it's you know it's stuff like that and you know we we were we were it was good it was ready to go and it just got caught up and um, that's hard. It was my Republican colleagues in the House with my Republican uh, Republican senators, and you know what was good for this community, a bunch of criminal justice reform, um, just died, and it didn't you know become law because we have this. Republican majority in the Senate and Republican majority in the House. If we had, you know, control these chambers,
0: I tell you
1: you would See. see the things that we have been fighting for and things, you know, every year. You know, we fight for affordable housing right. and funding, Sadowski funding. There's, you just go down the list and these are things that Democrats are champion and champion and we're getting closer. You know, each cycle we pick up more and this cycle we will pick up more in the House and the Senate and hopefully with the winds that are blowing, you know, who knows, maybe <laughs> we, we get to that magical number, but I do know that we would definitely pick up uh, more seats, but people have to do their part. The reason why we have a lot of stuff is because we're not exercising our fundamental right to vote and not only must we vote we Mm -hmm. we got to vote down the ballot man
0: i got a few before you go i got a few questions from a few people that have some stuff for you first uh uh first up here is is politics like house of cards like when (laughs) You just talked about a bill that was kind of get caught up. Is it is what we see in House of Cards and
1: West Wing and all that? Is that is it like that in Tallahassee? Um, Some of it. I mean, people aren't dying and being killed and (laughs) stuff like that. I mean, that's a little extreme. I think that's what made House of Cards uh, really good. Good. Um, So no. Um, But I mean, there is. So listen, I mean, politics is the. Um, art of compromise negotiating and people are trying to get to that middle and people do say you know what i really want this i need this if you support this then you know i'll consider you know looking at your bill or whatever the case may be or people just like i want this so there's always this tug you know we Mm -hmm. as 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 democrats will lock down For certain things, you know, we lock down for teachers and not only just teacher pay, but, you know, all teachers need to get paid, uh, you know, appropriately. So there are times when things like that do. There's some fundamental things that we believe in as a party and we fight for them. Uh, I got another one for you. Uh, What's it like to
0: uh, Florida so different? What's it like to go from Miami to Tallahassee? And what what, what
1: was why is the state so different? kind
0: of of describe that state for us
1: night and day night and day i mean it's so different um it's interesting so when i served locally you know down in 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 broward and broward's blue and you're in the majority yeah and you go to tallahassee you're in the minority and the weird thing that i learned is the folks up there, they look at South Florida like it's just a different place. They're like, you're folks down there, yeah. and I didn't really realize that until I got there. But it's 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 uh, it's night and day.
0: And and fight. Tell me a little bit about uh, uh, the foster crisis we're facing during the t- pandemic. Um, you know, the, the everything that people are saying. Obviously, the ec- uh, the economy is taking a hit but also like domestic violence and abuse. And yes. what does that kind of look like to um, that stuff that's happening on the other side? That's not, you know, people aren't really reporting about that kind of stuff.
1: So, um, as you're aware, my wife is the executive director for the Heart Gallery of Broward, right. and that's what she does all day, every day. So she lives it. I live it. Right. And, and as I explained to you, you know, our three oldest are you know um, kids that we yeah. raised and so forth. And so, and talking, we've been talking about this a lot. Um, and I think as we open up, these numbers are going to uh, increase because mm-hmm. traditionally, kids that are in the foster system um, a lot of times the abuse and things that happen typically um, they'll happen at home and the kids sometimes they will have an escape when they go to school and so forth and sports and, but they've, they've just been there. So um, from my understanding, there's an uptick, but I don't think we have a true uh, picture of what's going on because everything's been locked down. And so, whereas before if there was something going on, this kid could go to school and they could talk to their teacher or talk to their coach and so forth, but none of that's going down. Mm. So, you know, it's really unfortunate, um, that, you know, any child has to be subject to any of this stuff. Um, however, um, I, I I think that once we open up, it's going to be the numbers, are, are going to be what we consider, uh, in crisis mode. Mm. Um, you know, hopefully I'm wrong, yeah. but just based on just traditionally these issues, but these kids are not in a place where they can have an, an outlet. Right. Um, and That's rough. so, but you know, um, that kind of just, you know, Yeah, personal for me. Yeah, I
0: mean it's rough because a lot of people. I mean it has so much to do with opportunities and and people that are just willing. I mean a lot of people like you taking in you taking in these kids. I mean a lot of people wouldn't even do that, and the opportunities aren't even there, especially for uh, you know children of color. And so all of it has to do with this as far as and especially and then you throw COVID in the mix when it's just you know absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Finally, tell me tell me what it's like uh, life is like for you during COVID. Are you home? You're, and I know you're traveling places. Is the that's wife is, is the wife happy? Are uh, you guys on lockdown? Are all the kids just <laughs> in, in your face? Is the house going nuts?
1: No. Uh, so that's recent. It's started to open up, and you know I have responsibilities that I have to um, take care of yeah. in my position as um, you know incoming leader. Um, however, when this whole lockdown um, first happened. It was great, man. I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I spent so much time um, with my family, with my kids. We had a schedule. The schedule was such that during lunch, I was like grilling burgers. Oh, wow. So you were um, in it. You yeah, were in the man. Yeah, Loved it, man. I mean, but COVID, um, so I've lost two family members mm. um, back-to-back. Mm. And so... Um, you know it's it's very personal right. um my you know my I, I lost an uncle um my my grandfather's younger brother hmm. um and then uh, my cousin which was his grandson hmm. so it was like this week my uncle passed and the next week my, God. my cousin passed so my cousin lost her dad like say on a monday hmm. and then the next week she lost her son and what was even probably like more difficult was that Friday was like the three-year anniversary of my mom passing. Mm. That Sunday was Mother's Day, mm. and that would have been her son's good, birthday. Good God! So, almighty. a lot of times we think we're dealing with a lot, man. man. There's always someone out there who's dealing with a lot more. Um, but COVID has been challenging, personally, in that aspect, and then also. You know, we didn't talk about it, but I'll throw it out there before we close. Um, You know, in the state of Florida, unemployment rate is is up and our system has been awful. So, you know, in my office um, and and my aides, and especially Ebony's been doing a phenomenal Mm -hmm. job. Um, It's been challenging and the stories have been heartbreaking where people are having such a hard time, you know, getting the assistance Mm -hmm. that they're entitled to um, because our system and, you know, um, I feel that the governor could have done more. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, you know, COVID has shown its face. And, and as much as I start out saying that I loved being home and my family, but you know, there's these negative parts to it. So it's just kind of had a lot of different mm-hmm. faces, um, you know, for, for me, but you know, the good thing about the quarantine, man, there's nothing like family. I just yeah. spent some amazing time with my family. Got to clean my garage. <laughs> <you know. laughs>
0: well, and, and finally, um, how can people contact you? Can people write your office? Do you like that? Like everything on social, people yeah. like contact your representatives and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Do you like that? Do you read this stuff? Tell tell everyone what it's like to actually get some of this stuff.
1: So um, we get like hundreds of emails a day. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to tell you. And so... Um, I have so in my office. I have my aide, um, Ebony again, and, and Ryan, who kind of handles all of the constituent concerns. Because there are times when I'm in Tallahassee, I'm on the floor, yeah. I'm traveling, and so I don't want that to just yeah, sit there. Of and She does an amazing job, um, and so you can always contact me. You can contact my office. Nice. Um, you know, I'm always I get people who call me, people who stop me. I like, I'll be up sometime. My my staff don't know because it gets, you know, time stamped. And I'm up at like three, four, yeah. and I'm going through emails and trying to, you know, filter through because sometimes people, I'll get emails and people feel like, you know, we're their last. You yeah, know, they got nothing else to go. And yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, my office is always open. I'm downtown, Fort Lauderdale. Email, social media, we get mm-hmm. it all. um, You know, just, Just hit us up. Right on, man. Um, I guess, oh, we're going to... No, no,
0: go for it. Go for it.
1: No, no, no. I was just going to say probably what I should do and I didn't do because I'm just loving this. And you mentioned it earlier and we kind of breezed through it. Go for it. And um, I I wouldn't be uh, doing what I need to do and being able to serve if I didn't just highlight the fact that, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm also a candidate myself. Oh, yeah. I'm on the ballot. You know and- I was going to the re-election. Okay. You know okay. I was going to the reelection. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, please just, like, explain to everybody, too, like, Broward County. Like, who can show up to this thing? When is the, I believe
1: it's August? Or- August 18th. August 18th. It's the primary. Um, so I'm on the ballot. Um, you know, it's, I haven't had an opponent since uh, I first ran for uh, state house in 14. I have an opponent now, which is fine. That's the mm-hmm. great thing about, you know. Uh, democracy in uh, in America, and anyone can run, so that's fine. Um, but we have a re-election. Um, I would love for people to yeah. you know check out my website. You know, it's www.bobbydaboest.com. You can see what I've done. Um, you know, for me, um, public service back in my community has just really been something very personal to me. Yeah, uh, move back to my community and I've just been engaged, um, I'm currently in leadership and um, Tallahassee um, passed, you know, a lot of bills. Yeah, man, yeah for sure, um, man. you can check that out. Um, and, you know, each year, you know, I deliver for my community, bring back dollars in a lot of different uh, formats. Um, over the years, you know, for a lot of when I was on the commission, a big issue we had was regarding the homeless population. Yeah. So each year, that's something I really work hard for. And, you know, we started a model um, with the rapid rehousing. That was kind mm-hmm. of the national mm-hmm. model that showed mm-hmm. that really would make a difference. Mm-hmm. So each year, you know, it's one of the things a champion for. To So over the course of time, you know, I've been able to deliver a couple of million dollars there um you know this particular election cycle is two hats for me yeah because I'm running but I'm also making sure that we yeah. increase our numbers and, and and get out there and so I just want to encourage everyone to vote check out my website um or just give me a call yeah I mean just give me a call this I, I am I was Born and raised here. When I say I was born and raised here, I was literally Literally born born and raised here. Yes. And this has always been very personal for me.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't do this, but I can. Broward, we're gonna show up. We're gonna vote August 18th for Bobby Debose. This guy is the homie, and has really been uh, just operating, passing bills, and getting it done for Broward County. So everyone, please show up. I think it's going to be, I mean, awesome. I'm excited to get you back in office, buddy. and I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, man. and just, all the, and just, just for, just for, for Broward County, just thank you for so much of what you have done and fighting for the bills that got through and for the ones that didn't get through because I know you're the type of guy to keep fighting. Oh, yes, sir. So, man, thanks so much for coming on the show, and, uh, and I will see you next time.
1: Thanks, Josh. I really enjoyed this, man. Yeah. You gotta have Same. me back. <laughs> we'll, I think I'm hooked on this. No,
0: after after <laughs> you get reelected, we're we're doing this again.
1: Okay, All right, awesome. <laughs> Dude, that so was much. cool, man. Yeah.